Hello, welcome to the new series of Tapestry Podcasts. We're coming from our new studio in our new premises. We've done a couple of podcasts before, but hopefully now we've got our own premises, we'll be able to do them much more regularly and on a wide variety of topics. Uh, Welcome to Jules, part of the Tapestry team. Um, I'm Helen. We are going today to start talking about reflections and reflective practice and why we do it and what we do it for and what's it all about. So we, uh, a tapestry team, uh, came up with the idea of adding uh, a feature in tapestry about reflective practice coming up to about a year ago. Um, And over the last six, eight, ten months, we've constructed something which is going to be in most tapestry accounts uh, in the next week or so. Um, So we thought we'd take this opportunity to talk about how reflections came about, why we do it, and so on. Uh, so I don't know, Jules. What did, why did we do this? Well, I think we we were we were thinking about what is reflective practice, weren't we? And we know that um, high quality early years provision requires educators to constantly be reviewing and improving what they're doing, sure. um, understand what they do, why they do it, and it's that constant self evaluation that is basically reflecting. Sure. And that was where we were coming from about a year ago. And how we could make that as easy and as simple and as part of um, educators' everyday lives yeah. as possible. Great description. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> so we looked at how about uh, reflective practice can develop the skills of observation and critical understanding of one's own practice, pedagogy and so on. And how we could translate that in a positive way without it feeling like it's another burden on a very busy practitioner's day. It was to do with developing staff professionalism, to be able to articulate why you do what you do. Um, And also, I guess, that thing as well of then also being able to kind of think about the outcomes for everybody. So you're thinking about the outcomes for children in your setting, you're thinking about the outcomes for families, and of course you're also thinking about the outcomes for staff, because those are all really, really important groups of people um, within the setting, and and just thinking about that is part of your reflection, what are the outcomes, that's that's both the beginning and the end of your reflection really, isn't it, the reason why you're doing it, And, and also then within tapestry ways that you can record... Sure. The kind of the impact at the end of, of what you've been doing. Sure. I mean, the sole purpose, really, of reflective practice is to make it better, isn't it? Without feeling yes. guilt-ridden about yes. this is wrong and that's wrong. There shouldn't be any blame culture attached to it. But it's literally, totally, constantly improving the setting because of the children and families that you're yes. working with. That yes. seems to be the only purpose of doing it in my absolutely view. absolutely yeah. and I also I guess as well with now the new Ofsted framework out there is this kind of um, uh, a bit more of an emphasis I suppose which is a really good thing on reflective practice um, and all staff are going to need to be able to talk about their pedagogy and practice yeah. of what they're doing why they're doing it it's that kind of intent and implementation thing that is basically reflective yeah. practice. It's kind of in it's it's kind of in the Ofsted yeah. framework now, which leaders and managers have, have often been able to do. But now it's the staff on the shop floor really that yes. are going to have to talk about yes. why they do what they do. And yes. I've met a number of practitioners recently who are really worried about that. They right. feel they're going to be in the uh, rabbit in the headlights scenario yeah. where they go completely blank. They don't know why or how they're going to talk about the pedagogy. Yes, or what even pedagogy means. It's yes. a kind of new word in the early is lexicon generally isn't it it so is and those are the questions that they may well be asked by any kind of visitor coming into the setting but an Ofsted visitor an Ofsted inspector and if they can have a way 
if they are nervous or if they are a rabbit in the headlights, if they've got yeah. a way to say, oh, and they can pick up their their screen and they can say, yeah. you know, look, here we go, this is what we've been thinking about and this is why we're doing it, this is yeah. how it began and this is the journey we've been on and this is where our outcomes are going right now, yeah. then it's just a prompt for them and it builds that confidence. Absolutely. It's practice, it. isn't it? I mean, talking yes. about why you do what you do in the setting yes. is, is needs practice, you need to have a go at it. And I think the other thing that we really thought about when we were <clears throat> looking at tapestry reflections was what is the process of reflecting. Yeah. So we, we tried to kind of really break that down into um, what are you thinking, why are you thinking it, what are you going to do in response to those thoughts and what has been the impact and that ability to, in that bit about why are you thinking it and what has been the impact, how can you include your evidence? Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the evidence is your observations or other reflections that you can, you can kind of collect sure. that all together in a place. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be about a problem. I remember I taught on a undergraduate reflective practice course that for a few years, and so certain students would come in and say, "Well, nothing much has happened this week, so I haven't done my reflective practice yes. journal." They used to think it was it had to be a problem that you'd have to unpick and dissect and get other people involved. It doesn't have to be that at all. It could be something that's worked really well. Yeah. So. You know, we've often had those days where things have just really gone the way yes. you've planned and the children have really benefited from it and you go home as high as a kite but they're just as valuable to, to unpick and discuss with, with practitioners and fellow uh, colleagues and so on to see you know, what, what was it about that that worked really well yes. so then we can apply that to, yeah. to other areas. So you can celebrate that, that yeah. day or that particular thing that went really well and, yeah. and work out what it was and yeah. why it was and then build on it so that you can kind of recreate it again, but perhaps in a different day yeah. or in a different place or in a different way. Yeah, but with different children. With different children, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I suppose, yeah, it's just about thinking the kinds of things that you might want to reflect on um, as a starting point. If this, if this concept is a little bit new to you within the setting, mm. it's about thinking, well, probably you're already doing it. Yeah, I bet yeah. you pretty much everyone out there is already a reflective practitioner. Yeah, they just haven't called just it that. not calling it that, exactly. They're right. just not calling it that. We've all had those nightmare mornings where all the children arrive, it's pouring with rain, half of them are crying, <laughs> parents want to talk to us about things, parents want to pay their invoices, they want to book extra sessions. It's a complete nightmare <laughs> yeah. when that happens. So you might have then gone into the staff room at some point during the day saying that was totally yeah. unacceptable this morning we've got to do something about arrivals yeah. and bang that's your first reflection of the day really isn't it yeah with, with your colleagues and you're doing it in that moment yeah. you're doing it naturally it's just you haven't called it necessarily reflective practice and you're perhaps not recording it anywhere mm. so that you can't then show it later or even go back to it later with other thoughts that you've had or a further yeah. conversation with colleagues and it's just about having a place that yes. you can go back to. Yeah. Um, I guess other things that you could reflect on are something more personal, like a, a thing you want to improve in your own personal practice. You can mm. make a personal reflection about that and just think about where do I want to take that? Is there any training I want to go on? Yeah. Why did I think I needed perhaps to engage a bit more with that particular aspect of my practice? Yeah. Um, also things like that longer transition perhaps of preparing children as they get ready for school you could really reflect on that through the year maybe you could really go for a really long term yeah. thing and think well you know that's what we're going to do we're going to reflect on that and we're going to record what we do and how we do it and how well that worked for those children and those that's families that's a great idea the ongoing well. one with yeah. all your colleagues chipping in yeah. because it's never really finished is it I think another 
misconception about reflective practice, particularly with students who have done undergraduate courses, is that they're required to fill in a, a journal of some description with certain headings, usually kind of what, right. what am I going to yes. talk about, how does it make me feel, links to theory, and then the impact, or what am I going to do about it, and then the yeah. impact. It seems to be a very structured kind of thing, and then they've finished it and they hand it in and that's yes. it. Whereas, of course, in the real world, a reflective journal, if you're keeping one, or if you're going to use an online journal, for example, Tapestry with the reflection section, it's an ongoing thing. You can come back to it, you can embed it in practice, and then still come back to it yes. a year later. It's still kind of there, this ticking along it's in the background. It's constantly spiralling round and round yeah. in a kind of cycle, isn't it? Because you're right, even if you've embedded it in practice... Yeah you're going to want to return to that. It's going to require reviewing at some point in time, Almost you know, certainly. even if you feel like, yes, we're all doing that now, that's brilliant. Yeah. But but whether it's in two months, six months, a year's time, you're going to want to come back to that and look at, is it still working? Because yeah. we've got a whole new cohort of children, we've got a whole new cohort of families, new staff have arrived, sure. and you're going to need to return to that and review it and improve it again. Mm. I really liked your thing about the kind of personal reflection as well. I've often thought it's all about practice and what's happened during the day and transitions mm. and organising and the layout of the setting. It can be also about relationships and that's where things get yeah. quite scary. If you're writing about you know, a relationship um, with, with a particular parent, you don't seem to be getting on, you're, there's something not quite working yes. there and you really want to make it work and you want yes. to think of other things of bringing that parent on board. You then have to look at yourself and think, well, you know, did I say that in the most appropriate way? Have I got prejudices that have allowed me to act in this way? And you're on yeah. really vulnerable ground at times. And to actually put that into writing yeah. and say, oh, I didn't handle that very well, you have to be really brave, don't you? And you if you're do. going to share those reflections with colleagues, you have to be in this learning culture where there is no blame, where everyone's just putting stuff out there and inviting comments and it, it's got to be a really uh, supportive um, atmosphere for you to do that yes we all require those characteristics of effective yeah. learning <laughs> yeah. that resilience to kind of yeah. critically reflect on our own practice yeah. and then be resilient about our own feelings about that and perhaps if you are sharing it with someone else then obviously perhaps some comments that they might want to make as they converse with you about it because it's yeah. a conversation and a collaborative process yeah you need to be you need to have that you need yeah. to be a bit brave don't so you? you need to set some ground rules i think in a setting yes. don't you a bit like you would yes. do in a, a kind of nurture group or anything that you might yeah. go to it has to be a oh yeah real supportive yeah. um uh, no blame culture at all yeah. because you, you're leaving your comfort zone really aren't you you've got to be motivated and determined to get better at what you do so you you are naturally leaving that comfortable little place where you may have been for some time because yes. you haven't really thought about this before absolutely it's making me think of um dewey's did, uh, John Dewey did a lot of um, research around reflective practice yeah. a long time ago in the 30s, I think it was. And he created these kind of three concepts of reflective practice, that idea of open-mindedness, responsibility and wholeheartedness. And open-mindedness is that ability to kind of listen and and be be available to hear alternative ideas and possibilities from other people. And it's quite challenging to do mm. sometimes. And responsibility is obviously taking responsibility for, for your actions and the impact they might have on, and that could be on the children, on the families, on, on your colleagues, or even just, you know, broader, more broadly in society as a whole. And obviously wholeheartedness is about that energy that you bring to being reflective and bring to your educating that you're doing yeah. um, and that willingness to, to kind of think about what can I change. And it's often... a 
a really helpful thing to do is to just say why all the time. I used to yeah. think, why am I reflecting? What am, what happened? Why did it happen? Who said what? Why did they say that? Where was it? Why was it there and not somewhere <laughs> else? When did it happen? Why did it happen then? And, and you can really kind of like a toddler going, why, 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 why? It's a yeah. bit like that process. And that really helps you to think more deeply about what happened yeah. and, and why and so on. I yeah. think that, that really helps. I think a challenge for settings and educators is that thing of um, kind of balancing time as always. Time is so difficult to mm. find. And, you know, when they're in the setting and they're, and they're, they're kind of dealing with the everyday stuff of life that, that must be done within the setting, how are they going to find time to be reflective and, and to record it? Because they may already be doing it. Yes. And perhaps not even realising it, but it, but how are they going to find this time? And how are, how are, how are managers and leaders going to make sure that there's time yeah. within the day for their staff to be yeah. reflective and to record those reflections and have those conversations? I think that's probably a really big thing for people to think about. Absolutely. I, I know as more and more people start to think about reflective practice, if they haven't done this before in an overt way, they're going to be thinking, is this another thing to get really worked yeah. up about? Is this another thing, like all the assessments and frantically assessing everything we do with children? Hopefully, with all the new Ofsted framework, that's going to take a little bit more of a backseat, which is really refreshing, because yeah. at Tapestry, we've always thought the observations are the most important thing, and yeah. the photos and the videos and sharing that celebration of learning with parents um the, the ticky statements and all the boxes and stuff I'd, I'd be delighted to see the back of um I, just, I know yes, you would be absolutely so if we can move a little bit further away from assessing children we then probably have created a little bit of space to bring in the reflective practice stuff yes. um so I don't think it's another thing to get to get worked up about as you've said it's probably happening most of the time yeah. orally yeah it just seems to me at this point it's quite a good idea to maybe get it down somewhere um, on paper or online or somewhere so that um, you can see it growing. You can see this professional reflective practice growing amongst your colleagues in the setting. And when Ofsted come and visit, you've got some evidence there saying this, yeah. this is what we've evaluated. We know we've got to evaluate our practice and secure continuous development. So this is a great way of doing yeah. it, really. It's, I like the way, um, when we've been talking about it before, you were talking about how um, you know, you've got a child's learning journey and really yeah. reflections is the kind of adult slash setting version of the learning journey. You yeah. know, you're constantly learning as an adult. That, that is really important. And then you're just recording it and, yeah. and gathering your evidence and making your notes. And that is your own learning exactly. journey or your setting's learning journey. Weaving another one. Weaving another one, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I was thinking about, you know, those, those things that when I, just in my own life, whether it's when I'm practising, you know, educating, whatever, or just in my own life, when do I reflect? Yes. I'm thinking about having time to reflect. And, you know, is it in the moment? Is it in a, in a break when I'm managing to grab a cup of tea? Is it at the end of the day with colleagues when you're having that kind of chat, like you were saying about, oh, how did that go? Or oh, that didn't, you know, that went yeah. really well, but that bit really didn't go very well. And how can we do that better? You know, is it at staff meetings, maybe, maybe less frequently, but once a week or something where you're coming together and you're all having that moment of kind of discussing how things have gone that week? Or is it sadly in the middle of the night, which probably is <laughs> three o'clock in the morning is my time. Of us, yeah. I know. And then again, it's about finding the right moment to record that. You yeah, know, and, and record your journey, whether yeah. it's as a team or individually. Um, it's making me think again of Dewey, and, and he talked about um, the kind of reflection, the, the kind of routine action of reflection, which is um, 
you know, the tradition and the habit and the kind of statutory requirements and the, the stuff of the everyday that you sort of have to do. Mm-hmm. And they're quite stable and, and they don't really shift hugely. And then you've got the reflective action, which is that constant questioning, that awareness. Why, why, why? The why, exactly, yeah. it's the yeah. why. Yeah. yeah, and that is the key thing. Um, I think for the next podcast, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on Ofsted and what you might need to prepare um, before your next inspection about reflective practice. But if we just finish this one off about thinking, how can reflections generally can help practitioners um, in a way that isn't something that they have to do? So we thought quite a lot when we devised um, the reflections feature of Tapestry, why it would help practitioners do what they do. And we've covered a couple of things here about the professional development. It helps you delve into your thoughts and feelings about your practice. Um, We've thought a little bit about making connections between theory and practice. If some of our listeners are on undergraduate courses or postgraduate courses, Mm -hmm. they will almost certainly have come across reflective practice and theory beforehand. Um, And Improving reflective practice skills leads to a, a general mindset of striving to make the quality better in your setting, as we started this podcast off saying a very similar thing. You, we're only doing it to benefit the children and families yes. that we're working with. That's yeah. the sole aim. Yeah. But it really brings staff teams together, I think. We'll talk a little bit at the, in the next podcast about doing collaborative mm. reflections. But it brings the staff team together. They feel valued. They have a voice. If you feel like you're empowered to make a change in your setting... You'll do it, won't you? You'll, you will. You'll, you'll engage your reflective practice. And that massively contributes, I think, to staff well-being, which is another yeah, really big yeah. a really big issue out there at the moment. And it yeah. does crop up also in Ofsted as well, in the yeah. framework. But that idea of staff well-being, if staff feel that they're being heard and they're making a contribution and they're contributing to the ethos of the setting, to any changes that are happening in the setting and the outcomes for children and families and all these things, then, then they will have a better Absolutely. feeling about themselves and the well-being in general of their workplace. Absolutely. So we'll meet again with podcast two. We will. Thank you very much. Thank you.